in week two of our collection of talks entitled Creed. And so if you weren't here last week, we are starting this, this a look at the Apostles' Creed. Now, I said that, and some of you in here, you just, like, all of a sudden, you just became triggered because maybe you grew up Catholic, and you had to recite that every single time you were in school. And so, so maybe for some of you, you're like, ah, but then maybe there's some of you in here, like, who, like, I was a few weeks ago, where I'm like, I have no idea. I've never heard of the creed. I don't even know what that is. Um, And so no matter where you are at on either end of this spectrum, my heart for you and for I is, is, is to be able to shine light on a foundation piece of our faith. Now, I shared this last week, and, and I think it bears repeating, that when we look at the creed, we, we don't hold the creed at the same level as Scripture. Amen, somebody. And so, so, so when, when we go over the creed, uh, the creed in itself holds no spiritual weight or authority in our lives, but rather what it does is the creed shines light to God's word. And, and so I, I think it's very interesting that the creed is one of the oldest documents. It, it, most scholars believe it came about in, in the first century. Um, and, and, and so what, what kind of is, is taking place right now is Jesus, he died, he resurrected, he ascended into heaven. Uh, his uh, original OG, 12 people, well, 11, I guess, because Judas, um, um, kind of messed up a little bit, but uh, they, they're, they're going and they're spreading this, this the, the, the Christian faith, right? What it is to be a Jesus follower. And, and, and so as, as Jesus ascended, as the, the, the original OG disciples, as, as they have died off, people are carrying the mantle of spreading this Christianity, the, the faith. And, and, and what we read is that it's spreading like wildfire. Like this good news, the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it's spreading all throughout, all throughout, and, and, and people are being saved and they're being baptized. And eventually, one of a, a group of the apostles, they came together and they're like, dude, like everybody, like, like people are, 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 are joining this, this, this faith of, 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 of Christianity and and, and they decided, like, we need to have some type of foundational, like, piece of, of, of this faith so that people know what it looks like to be a, a follower of Jesus. Like, what, what, it, what it entails to be a follower of Jesus. What it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so they, they put together, they assembled the, the Apostles' Creed. And what they would do is, in, in the early church, is before people would be baptized, they would stand in front of the congregation and they would recite this creed. And so what we decided to do, because, I, again, we believe that, 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 the, that this creed, everything in it is scriptural. And, and so we're breaking it down and we're going to scripture. Last week, we looked at the first half where it said, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so we looked at uh, God the Father. This week, we're looking at God the Son. Next week, God the Holy Spirit, the church. And, and it's going to be a phenomenal time together. But I got a verse for you that, that we're going to be in this morning, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. And then I'm going to read this. Then we're going to go over the portion of the creed that we're going to look at this morning. And then we're going to be done and you'll be at Applebee's in no time. Here it is. 
Matthew chapter 16. I got sidetracked because I was thinking about Applebee's. Um, <laughs> focus. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Verse 14, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, but what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah or the Christ, the son of the living God. Here's the portion of the creed that we're going to be looking at this morning. So the first half, we did this last week. I believe in God, the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth. And here's what we're looking at this morning. And in Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for what you're already doing in our hearts. Uh, Holy Spirit, right now, we just recognize you as our guest of honor. We'd ask that you would just uh, work uh, in our heart and in our mind this morning. Uh, God, we, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we just thank you for that. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say it. Amen, amen, amen. So um, a name is a big deal. Would you agree? Like the, a name, your name, a name is a big deal. Now that statement is especially true if you are a TSA agent. Now, if you don't know what a TSA agent is, uh, they are the security people at the airport. And my God, are they friendly. And so, so, so if you have not been to the airport in a long time, here's kind of the process. There's a line that you have to go through in order to get your bags scanned and checked just to make sure, you know, like it's all good. And, but in between the line and, and the conveyor belt, there's a podium with a TSA agent standing right there. And they are asking for two things. They're asking for your license and your ticket. Okay. So last week I was sharing with you that my son and I, we went on a road trip. We drove to Dallas, Texas, and uh, we're like, man, it's too long to drive back. So we flew home. And it was my son's first experience in a long, long time at the airport. And so we're waiting in this, in this line. We get to uh, the podium. He, he, he. You know, they don't talk. They just, so we're like, okay, we're coming. And, and something you need to know about me, silence is, is just super like awkward for me. Like I just, I can't just like, like I gotta, and when it's silent, I just start, I just start rambling, you know? And so he, 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 so we're like, we're coming. And, uh, and uh, he, he, he says, uh, license and registration, please. No, 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 excuse me. License and ticket. <laughs> that was last week when I got pulled over on this road trip. Uh, my God. Um, and so, so, he, so I get up there, and because it's like really quiet, I, I just start, you know, just like, hey, how's it going? You know, like you're doing an amazing job. That's what it was. I'm like, okay, we're not talking. So uh, he asked for my ticket, my license. I show it to him. And again, like, I'm just, I'm really awkward when it's quiet. And so I'm like, so I heard the camera adds 10 pounds, huh? And he's like, hands me back. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Then he points to my son. He, he's like, can I have his ticket? And I was like, yeah. And I said, you know, my son doesn't have a license, um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, duh. And, and so, so, so he looks at, at, at my son's ticket. 
And he looks at my son and he says this. He says, um, what's your name? And my son, my oldest, he's like, Eli Peter. You know, he's 13. Um, my name is Eli Peter. And he looks at the ticket. He says, what's your name? Eli Peter. Now, at this point, I'm sure my, my oldest is like, this guy, like, is he deaf? Like, does he not hear? Like, Eli, Peter. My son is oblivious to what's taking place. But what you need to know is that my son, his real name, his birth name, is not Eli. It's Jonathan. And I put Jonathan on the ticket. And so the guy is asking my son, what's your name? And he's like, Eli, Peter. And, uh, and I'm like... I, I, I understand what's happening at this moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so I start trying to throw like subtle hints. I'm like, no, bud, your real name. <laughs> and it's just like, the, and the, the TSA agent's looking at us like, you know, Jonathan, you know? And, and he's like, oh yeah, Jonathan Peter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get searched. You know, like this is not good. Um, luckily, he let us go by, and uh, me, him and I, we were laughing, my son and I were laughing about, about this, like, afterwards, like, oh my gosh, like, I thought we were going to get searched, and, and, um, and we were just laughing about it, but I was thinking about this idea of how, how, like, the name was everything in this situation, that, that the, the name, the, the importance of the name allowed us access to this, to, to, to our, our flight. And here's why I'm telling you this story this morning is because in the Apostles' Creed, what we had just read, when it comes to Jesus, the, the apostles, they could, have, they could have started this portion off with anything that they wanted to. But I find it fascinating that they chose, that they decided to start the, this section of the creed off with Jesus's name. It said, I believe in Jesus Christ. Now, if you are brand new to church, I just want to let you know that uh, Jesus was not his first name and Christ was not his last name. Like, it, it is not Jesus Christ first and last. But in fact, what we do know is that Jesus, uh, in, in Luke chapter 1, Jesus was his, his given name by Gabriel to his mother Mary. We're going to read it right here. It says this, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. So some of you are like, what is this, Christmas? So, um, so, so this, Abra, this, this angel, he appears to Mary, and he says this, you are going to give birth to a son, and you are going to name this son Jesus. Now, in Hebrew, the, word, the name Jesus is Yeshua. In, in, in the Greek, the transliteration from Yeshua in the Greek is I... Uh, I I don't remember. <laughs> ah, Jesus, Jesus. And so, so here, here is this, 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 this name, Jesus. Uh, and and, and uh, what, what I think is very profound and significant in this moment is that for us culturally, like today, when we name our kids, like we just name them whatever we think is a cool name. You know, like what is a, what is a good name now? 
and we'll just name him whatever. We'll name our son or daughter, like whatever. Because it's a, it's a cool, trendy name. But what I find very fascinating is that during the biblical times, names were significant. In fact, I would, I would suggest this, that names had a prophetic utterance that, that a parent would name a kid based off of the expectation of what they, what they believe their kid would do. And so, so Gabriel, he visits Mary and he says, you're going to have a baby. You're going to name him Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus. You're, you're going to name him Jesus. And here's why this is significant is because Jesus means the one who saves. The God who saves, the Lord, our Savior. This idea that Jesus is our Savior. And so, so here is the Apostles' Creed. They, they said, uh, what, what is the first thing that I want everybody to, to know? The foundation of who Jesus is. We want him to know his name. So Jesus, our Savior. And then it goes into uh, the next part, Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned to you, Christ is not his last name, but rather it's his role. And so the Greek Christos, um, the, I'm messing all my Greek and Hebrew words up. And uh, the, so, so the Greek is Christos, uh, the, the Hebrew uh, Mashiach, which is Messiah. And, and so here is, uh, here is Christ, the title Christ. It's the role of Christ. And here's what this word Christ, Messiah, Christos, what it means. And it means the anointed, the anointed one or the chosen one. Now, during a biblical times, specifically the Old Testament, what we know is that the process of anointing was, was, was a big thing. And, and so during this time period, there were three, um, three roles that, that people would, that, uh, that you would see anointing in. The first one was a priest. The second one was a prophet. The third one was a king. And so, so a king would be anointed, a priest would be anointed, and a prophet would be anointed. And so we actually see this happen in the Old Testament. Uh, we see Moses anointing uh, Aaron as a priest. We see, uh, we see Elijah anointing Elisha as a prophet, as his, as his uh, predecessor. And we see, uh, we see David anointed by Samuel as the next king. Now what's very, uh, what, what I find very interesting about these, these three roles, the priest, prophet, and king, is that none of the anointing overlapped with one another. So the anointing of a king it didn't, wasn't displayed with the anointing of a priest. Or the anointing of the priest, it didn't overlap into the anointing of, of a prophet. And so these anointings, the, though, though they were a thing, what I want you to understand is that these no, anointings were limited in its nature. So, so they were limited now, here's, here's why I'm telling you this. Remember, Jesus, Savior, Christ is, uh, is the anointed one. And so, so the reason why I, was sh I shared with you those three, those three roles is because Christ, 
Jesus Christ, he is the anointed one. In fact, let me say it this way. He fulfilled each one of those roles. That he, Jesus Christ, the anointed, he wasn't just uh, one of the anointed, he was the anointed. And so Jesus fulfilled all three of these roles. So, so Jesus, he, he fulfilled the role of, of the prophet. We know that, that he was prophetic in that he foretold his death. He foretold his, his resurrection. He foretold uh, his betrayal of Peter and Judas. And so he fulfilled the role of the prophet. We know that he fulfilled the role of the priest because it says that Jesus is, he, he is the uh, mediator between us and God. And then we know that he is the king because he's in the lineage of King David. And so, so unlike those three prophet, priest, and king, Jesus' anointing fulfills all of them. So he's not, he's not a anointed, he's not some anointed, he is the anointed one. And so here we have, we have Jesus the Savior, Christ the anointed, and then the next statement is God's only begotten Son. Now, this probably might ring familiar to you if you grew up in church, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so we have, we have Savior, we have the anointed one, and here's why this is significant. Here's why I think the apostles added God's only begotten son in there, was because they wanted us to understand the, uh, Jesus's divine nature. That Jesus, though he was 100% man, he was 100% God. So there was a divine nature to who he was. In fact, we're going to read it in Philippians chapter 2. Maybe. It says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature who being in very nature God, that, that was probably a typo, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And so what we see, the Apostle Paul, he's letting us know that God came down, he put on human form as Jesus. And so here he is, he, he, he's not just savior, he's not just the anointed one, but he's also divine, uh, he, he's also God in human form. He's also God in flesh. And so we have, he's Jesus, savior, he's Christ, the anointed one, he's divine, God's only uh, begotten son. And then we get to the last part of the creed where it says, he's the Lord, our Lord. And this one, I think, if we were honest, is the one that, that is a little bit harder to process. This idea of Lord. So check this out. Uh, we're going to continue reading in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, I believe. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, so uh, Paul, he continues on and he, and he says that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, that word Lord in the Greek, what it, what it implies is ultimate supremacy, ultimate authority. And so Peter is saying that at some point, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ has the ultimate authority over your life and over my life. Now, this leads me to this idea that, that Jesus is Lord. This, this brings me into the, the, uh, the passage that we had read at the very beginning of our time together in Matthew chapter 16. Now, it's been a few moments, so, so let me just recap of what's taken place. Jesus, he's, he's with, his, with his disciples, he's with his followers, and, and they leave from what most think a Galilee, and they, and they travel over, Scripture says, we read it, Matthew chapter 16, they travel over to the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now, I think that this, this location is very significant. And so if it's okay with you, I, I want to give you a backdrop of this region called Caesarea Philippi. Now, uh, this, this region, before it was called Caesarea Philippi, it was known as uh, Panias or Panias or Choose Your Own Adventure. And the reason why it was named that is because Herod the Great, he, he made a temple for the god Pan. And so it was a place where people would come and worship this god Pan. Now, uh, beyond that, before, before this, the Canaanites, they had built a sanctuary for the god Baal. Are you, are you kind of catching the theme of what's taking place? And then if that wasn't enough, as, as I told you, before it was called Caesarea Philippi, it was called Panias. And, and so here's what's very interesting. Uh, Herod the Great, he died. He gave this land to one of his sons, Philip. And Philip was like, you know what? I'm going to show homage to Caesar, to acknowledge Caesar as the great, as the Lord. And so he named it Caesarea and he wanted to distinguish himself from his father, Herod, so he added the Philip part, so it became Caesarea Philippi. And so what I want you to see, okay, you, you gotta get this. Jesus, he's, he's hanging out with his disciples. He brings him to the region of Caesarea Philippi that is rooted, watch this, in paganism, is rooted in idolatry, is rooted in a, in a, in a land that, that elevates man to a symbol, a status of God. And he brings all, he brings his, his, his followers to this place. And they're standing there. I'd imagine that they're, they're sitting, they're, they're right here. And in the background, you can see the temple of, 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 of the God Pan right there. And in this setting, he says this, he asks this question. He says, who do people say I am? Sam, I am. I'm just kidding. That just kind of rhymed right there. <laughs> Focus, John. He said, who do people say that I am? And uh, they responded. They said, well, you know, some people say 
you are John the Baptist. Some people say you are Elijah. Some people say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so, so basically what they're saying is like, some people say you're John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, he was like a cool teacher. You know, he walked around and like, he ate locusts and honey. He walked around in like camel skin. You know, like he was just like this real like laid back, chill dude, you know? Like some people think you're just like a cool teacher. Some people, they think you're Elijah. They think that you're a miracle worker. You know, like that time that Elijah called a fire down from heaven to like, they, you, you done some cool things, Jesus. You turned water into wine. That was, that was really dope. I really appreciate that one. You know, like, and, and, and so, so, so Jesus, uh, excuse me. So, so they're like, that, that, that we, we, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. So, so like you're this teacher or you're this miracle worker. Some think you're a prophet. So like you're, you're, you're not really God, but you're just like, you're just, you're one of his prophets. And, and so, so he's like, who do people say I am? And they, and they list off those things. And then it gets very interesting. Because I'd imagine, I, I imagine that after they replied, John the Baptist, Elijah, um, Jeremiah, or a prophet, I imagine that it's like complete silence. And they're just, you know, you think we got it right? You know, like, was that the right answer? I don't know. And then, and then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, hmm, okay. But then he, he changes the question. He says, who do you say that I am? That's crazy. So Jesus, he, he's like, I understand. Okay, he, so he asked the question, who do people say I am? They answer him. And so Jesus is like, okay, I understand what culture thinks about me. I understand what your spouse may think about me. I understand what your parents may think about me, what your coworker, what your neighbor thinks about me. Jesus is like, thank you for, for that answer. But he's like, I, I don't want to just know what people, other people think about you, about me. I want to know what you think about me. And Peter, good old Peter, he's like, I'll go kind of steps out. Um, you're, you're, you're the Christ, God's only son. And in this moment, it's so significant because what, what we know is that during this time period, Rome controlled the, the territory and they would allow they would allow people to worship their own little gods but at the end of the day they demanded people's allegiance to Caesar and so here is Peter Jesus's disciples they're hanging out in territory that 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 only honors Caesar. They're standing at a, in, in, a, in a region where, where that, that, that is full of idolatry and paganism. And in this moment, I need you to see this, Peter steps out and he says, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. 
And by him doing that, he was risking his life, everybody. He was risking his life to say, Jesus, I acknowledge you as Lord above everything else. That you are the anointed. You are, you are the Christ, the anointed. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a prophet. You're not just a king, but you are king, priest, prophet. You are all things. You are the anointed one. And then he says, you are the son of God. You, like, you are the son, like, you are God in flesh. And I believe that you are the anointed. I believe that you are the God in flesh. So much so that I am willing to stand up and say, Jesus, you are Lord. And in this moment, everything shifts. Everything changes. I want to read as the band comes up. Jesus' response to Peter. It won't be on screen, but it's coming from my Bible, I promise you. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my, by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Peter, Jesus says, who, who do people say that I am? Okay, now who do you say I am, that I am? And here's, here's, here's where I want to land this, this plane this morning. Is that there, there's some in here this morning. If I was to say, who do you think, who, who is Jesus? There, there's some of you in here this morning. You, you would say, well, he's, he's, he's a good teacher. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm cool coming to church and, and, and reading some stories about Jesus because he kind of just makes me feel good. I had a crappy week. It feels really good to hear about Jesus. But like, that's it. Now, if that's you this morning, I just want to say welcome. We are glad you're here. Keep coming. Keep showing up. Like we built this church for you. Some of you here this morning, like, you're, 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 you don't see him as, you see him as, as, as the anointed or you see him as, as, as Elisha, the, the, the miracle worker. And some of you came in here this morning and you're like, man, I just need a miracle. My marriage is on the rocks. My, I got bills I can't pay. I was just let go of my job. I still have cancer. I'm still, like whatever it is, you're like, man, I just, I don't know if he was a good teacher. I don't know if he was God in flesh, but like I kind of just see him as a miracle worker. Now, if that's you, hey, we're so glad you're here. We're, keep, keep on coming. Because yes, he's a great teacher. He has great sayings, great things. Yes, he, he, he's a miracle worker, but he's so much more. And so here, here's, some of you, you're like, man, Jesus is a good teacher. Some of you are like, man, he's, uh, he, he's a miracle worker. <clears throat> some of you in here this morning, you're like, you're like, uh, you know, Jesus, he's, he's cool. I don't. I, he's, he was a teacher. He was a, he was a, 
miracle worker. Some of you in here this morning, you're like, man, I, I just, I think he was just a good person that had some good morals. And uh, if that's you this morning, hey, great news. You are so welcome here. We're so glad that you are here. Keep on coming. But this morning, my, my heart is not to emphasize that he's a good teacher. It's not to emphasize the fact that he's a miracle worker. It's not, to, I, I, my, my heart this morning is not to, to just let you know his divine nature, that he is God in flesh. But more than anything, what I want you to leave this place with knowing is that yes, he was a teacher. Yes, he was a miracle worker. Yes, he, 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 was, he was a good person. But even more than that, he wants to become your Lord. He wants to become the ultimate authority over your life. See, here's what I know to be true. If Jesus is not your Lord, I promise you, you will make something your Lord. So it's not this idea like, oh, I don't want to have a Lord over my life. I am my own Lord. Yes, that's the problem. How's that working out? Like it might work out for a day or a week. How's that going for you a month from now? This idea that Jesus is, he is the savior. He is the anointed one. He is God in flesh, but more than anything else, he is my Lord. He is the, he is over every aspect of, of who I am as a person. And here's, here's why I'm, what I'm getting at. It's because he wants to be your Lord this morning. He wants you today to be like Jesus I, I, want to, I want to make you the Lord of my life I don't I don't want to have control anymore like I do want control like we're honest right like I do want control but I mess things up maybe I just mess things up y'all probably got it all perfect but like I mess things up so much and so this morning, my question for you is the same question that Jesus asked Peter. Who do you say that Jesus is?